Welcome back to a special edition of Section 247 Presents the Goal Line Stand. Yep, that's right. This is not Michael Lipinski's voice, but the other guy on the podcast, Brett Halpern. What's going on, football fans? Um, Mike and I decided we would switch it up a little bit, and we would do a respective analysis of our favorite team's draft and then combine uh, and do a special draft recap a podcast episode together. So this is the New York Giants centric uh, draft review of, of the NFL draft 2021. So I hope everyone is doing well. As always, we are a Sports Talk Philly partner, sportstalkphilly.com, and brought to you as always by Michael's Glass Company, the best uh, glass company in the Delaware Valley area. 215-338-3293. Be sure to tell them <clears throat> that Mike and Brett sent you. Uh, please check us out on all of our social uh, media uh, platforms. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at uh, GL Stand Show. We have a Facebook group. Please join that. We have a YouTube page. You'll see uh, our mock draft from last year, as well as our season previews. We're going to be doing and adding more content to the YouTube page as uh the season comes upon us um but anyways you know i hope everyone is doing well uh the draft came and went uh, as we discussed it is without question my favorite time of the year aside from football season uh it's like a holiday always has been in my house and yep i'm this is only audio but if you were to see the video i'd be you would actually see me smiling and i'm gonna start this off uh by officially retracting the title of putts of east rutherford to be associated with dave gettleman yes that is right i am actually very pleased with what he did during this draft which comes on the heels of being pleased with what he did during the free agency period there is one big caveat to that and i will get to that later on but nevertheless i am very pleased with what he did not only for the team in the immediate future, well, in, in the in the now, but he also, as we'll discuss, took care of the team in the future. So how did he accomplish that? Well, as everyone recalls, the Giants were going to be selecting 11th in the first round. And as the picks were coming along, you saw Jalen Waddle fall off the board. You saw Jamar Chase fall off the board, Kyle Pitts. Uh, Panay Sewell, and at the 10th pick that was owned by the Dallas Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys traded back to number 12, and the good old Philadelphia Eagles, my co-host team, traded up for number 10 and uh, selected Devonta Smith, the wide receiver from Alabama, whom we had all heard that Dave Gettleman loved and was probably going to be the Giants pick. Um, definitely was disappointing. Look, I, I do like Devonta Smith. There's just one big worry there, and that is the weight. Um, you know, contrary to, you know, what some people say, but, you know, size does matter with certain things. I'm not getting into that. I'm just talking about in football. But, you know, the list of successful football players, successful wide receivers that weigh less than 170 pounds, it's not that impressive of a list. And I would say that the most impressive guy was Deshaun Jackson or is Deshaun Jackson. And Deshaun Jackson 
had a unique skill set and an elite skill set, which was his blazing speed. Devonta Smith is fast. He is not of the style of receiver like a, a um, like a Deshaun Jackson. You know, um, sometimes he almost plays more like a possession receiver. So to me, I think it is a bit of an issue if you have a 166-pound possession receiver. But, you know, as um, Mike and I discussed, and I have discussed off-air with, with other people, first off, one trip to John's Roast Pork or any other fine uh, Philadelphia eatery, he can definitely easily start weighing in the 175-pound range. Um, and also, you know, I, I, I honestly think that once he gets into an NFL strength and conditioning program, he will probably put on... I honestly just think he needs just eight to 10 pounds and he, it will really help him out. Nevertheless, you know, wish him well, like obviously not against the giants. Uh, but so the giants were standing there or sitting there, excuse me, at 11 with um, the top three or actually technically four receiving options, all gone Pitts, uh, chase Waddle and Smith. Um, their top tackle option was gone. They could have gone with Micah Parsons. They could have gone with Rashawn Slater. But instead, they Dave Gettleman did something he has never done in his career as a general manager. He traded down. He traded from 11 to 20 with the Chicago Bears. And in doing so, he picked up a fifth-round pick for the 2021 draft. And he also picked up the Chicago Bears' first and fourth-round picks for next year which to me is just a fantastic, fantastic haul. Uh, to me, at that point, when they announced that we were at 20 and they announced what we got, I was like, I don't even care what we got. To me, the first-round pick, because they're going to be associated with the picks that we got, it's an it's an A-plus pick to me. Um, particularly if you think about the fact that in free agency this past year, we really did kick the can down the road in terms of salary cap. So next year is going to be very tight fiscally. We're not going to have the opportunity to sign as many free agents. So we really need to stock up on draft capital. Additionally, if next year is the year that perhaps they decide that Daniel Jones is not the option, it's a draft where you're going to want to accumulate as much capital as possible. So you would have the ability to trade up if you need to, in order to get the quarterback of your choice. Nevertheless, either. So either way, to me, this was great. You know, then pick 20 comes around. I honestly thought we were going to go quitty pay. Uh, you know, there were a lot of reports that that was a guy that the uh, front office was coveting. And I was frankly uh, surprised when we selected Kadarius Tony, wide receiver from Florida, six feet, 193 pounds. He was my sixth rated wide receiver. Uh, I was torn between him and Elijah Moore. I kind of viewed them similarly. Uh, I, I kind of liked Elijah Moore a little bit better. But I got to tell you, I, I'm happy uh, with this pick. This is another weapon for Daniel Jones. This is a guy who plays bigger than his 193-pound stature. He is, I mean, people have referenced him as like a human joystick. I know that was Dante Hall's nickname, but, you know, this is a guy who is very difficult to bring down. Uh, I think that in his most recent season, you saw a progression in terms of, A, his route running, and B, just his catching ability. So I'm very pleased with this. You know, now you think about the receiving group that you have in New York. You have, uh, with the Giants, you have Sterling Shepard. You have Kenny Galladay. You have Darius Slayton. Now you have Kadarius Toney. 
You have a on the cheap. You have John Ross, Dante Pettis. You know this team has uh, tremendous depth now at wide receiver and has speed. It has versatility. You have guys with different body, um, with different builds, different skill sets. Uh, I think that, you know, Kadarius Tony also is going to be used a lot in the backfield. Some of the reverse plays and things of that nature that they they had, you know, either Darius Slayton or Sterling Shepard in. I think that Kadarius Tony's far better suited for those kinds of plays, and that's how they're going to be able to manufacture touches for him in the beginning of his career. I'm very excited about it. Uh, also, you know, there were some issues apparently regarding uh, some gun-related not charges because he was never charged with anything, but uh, some gun-related incidents while he was in Florida. Um, you know, their t- credit to the New York media, they did a deep dive on that. Um, you know, it turns out he was actually protecting some of his teammates. Uh, by the way, this, this is not a- an endorsement, uh, by the way, for Florida University. My goodness. It, but apparently the football team had um, started to get into a beef with like a local gang and at one point, he ran over with a BB gun. And at another point, he didn't feel safe himself, so he had a loaded uh, assault weapon in his car. But, you know, his, uh, his father was in the military. His mother, uh, it, it sounds like, you know, he had a, he's very close with his parents. His father is really uh, heavily involved in his development. And there was mentions of, of each time he got into these incidents, his father came to visit him. Uh, you know, say like, what's going on? You know why you're here. Apparently, he's a guy who's not really much of a partier. He is a rapper, uh, apparently. I think his uh, rap name is uh, Young Joker. Uh, I think he's a, it's named after the, or Young Joker, excuse me, um, after the Joker character. And, you know, apparently some people kind of, some teams docked him, so to speak, for being a rapper. Whereas it was sort of explained that that's sort of his release. And we all have, you know, we all have um, interests that extend beyond football. Even I do, uh, you know, and, and so do football players. And people need different releases. And, you know, there are stories of sometimes he would even just go to the studio down there. He, he became friends with a local rapper and would uh, he's released several albums. And he would actually just go watch football in the studio. It was a place he felt comfortable. Um, to me, I don't understand, you know, like I'm not trying to get into a, a racial discussion here, but... You know, Christian McCaffrey is uh, was known to be a very astute pianist. So why is that a positive? Yeah, with Kadarius Tony being a rapper, it would be viewed as a negative. Shouldn't it be viewed in the same light? Uh, I think it should, and I'm going to view it as such, and that's how I would treat Kadarius Tony. Uh, but for all accounts, he's a good kid, and I'm looking forward to having him as a New York Giant. It's interesting because he keeps walking around with the number one jersey, which is what he, I believe he wore in Florida. And I know now with the single digit rule, a wide receiver can wear in the single digits, but for New York, the number one is retired. That's Ray Flaherty, who was a former player coach for the Giants. So I don't see how he can wear that number. Um, But I guess it was just because it was the number one pick. so nevertheless, that was the number that was our first round pick, our first round ordeal. And I gotta tell you, after night one, I was enthused, excited, and ready to get on to day two. To me, day two is my favorite um day of the draft because 
it doesn't drag on as much as necessarily the third round because you, you don't have as many rounds and it's still a lot of top players and and speaking of which the giants were able to land one of those top players so the giants were slated to have pick number 42 in the second round and once again all of a sudden it announced that we traded down and we had traded uh, with Miami to go down to 50 in exchange for Miami's third round pick in 2022. And in doing so, we so we dropped from 42 to 50. And everyone sort of got the sense of 42, you know, you, you're reading on Twitter with the beat writers, you know, they were they were going to target an edge rusher. And in the end, at number 50, they selected Aziz Ojolari, defensive end from Georgia, 6'2.5, 249. Uh, he was my third rated edge rusher i thought he was gonna go i had him mocked to the end of the first somewhere in the end of the first round i think i believe i had him mocked to the colts actually so that's not too that was like you know the early 20s nevertheless super excited um you know i think that he fits in perfectly he's gonna be an outside edge rusher i think that he is more astute as an edge rusher as compared with a lorenzo carter or an O'Shane Zimenez. I think those guys flash, but I think that Aziz Ojolari really, he's sort of the real deal. Uh, and I'm super excited to have him. And then super excited to also accumulate another third round pick for next year. So do you realize after our two, our first and second round pick this year, we then accumulated an extra first, third, and fourth round pick for next year. So, I mean, we really are... Uh, loaded for the 2022 draft which i'm very excited about it was really cool to see uh the video of aziz ojalari getting the call from the giants he actually he was the former roommate and uh of andrew thomas our first round pick last year and andrew thomas was actually i don't know if you guys saw he was in the room uh when aziz uh was selected uh, aziz also has an interesting background i believe he, he comes from nigerian royalty uh part of uh, the Yoruba tribe uh, in Nigeria, um, the Yoruba people. Excuse, I'm not, I apologize if I didn't say that correctly. But nevertheless, there was an art, interesting article about his background. Uh, I would definitely um, look into that. It's very cool. But, you know, really happy to have him. You know, some people were concerned about his knee. Ronnie Barnes, the Giants uh, medical director, signed off on it. He says he's good to go. And I think it's really going to add a little bit of juice to our rushing uh, our pass rush, excuse me. So happy about that. And then, of course, you know, I guess if we trade down twice, you know, we have to trade up at least once. So in the third round, we actually traded up with the Denver Broncos and we gave up the fifth round pick that we had attained, obtained, excuse me, in the trade back with Chicago earlier on Thursday in order to pick Aaron Robinson, the cornerback from UCF, 5'11 and a half, 186 pounds. Look, I think he's a very good cornerback. Um, you know, some people had him rated as a second-round corner. I believe I had him in the third. Actually, no, I, I had him as a late second-rounder. And he's, look, a talented player, uh, can play press. He's scheme-versal, can play press or the zone. Um, now, you know, that Giants defensive secondary now is incredibly deep with a lot of young talent. I mean, you know, first, obviously, you have James Bradbury and Dory Jackson, but then you have Darnay Holmes from last year. You now added Aaron Robinson to the cornerback room. That doesn't even include Isaac Yadam, Sam Beal. Then, obviously, at safety, you have uh, Logan Ryan, Xavier McKinney, Jabril Preppers, Julian Love. 
very excited about this Giants defensive backfield. And Aaron Robinson is going to play a big piece uh, of that. You know, it'd be a central figure in this defensive backfield for years to come. So on Saturday, our first pick on Saturday, which is the fourth round, we drafted Ellerson Smith, a defensive end slash outside linebacker from Northern Iowa. Uh, six, six and a quarter, 252 pounds. Incredible length, incredible wingspan. Really did had a wonderful uh, and eye-opening week at the Senior Bowl. He did not play this year because he opted out. Northern Iowa, being an FCS team, didn't play until the spring. And since he was going to be in the he entering the draft process, he was not going to be playing in the spring. So he hasn't played all year. Uh, but it really just tremendous burst out of his stance. Um, interesting. The kid, he showed up to Northern Iowa as a receiver. He was like 6'6", 197 pounds. So he's managed to put on, you know, uh, my math sucks, 59 pounds of muscle. Um, there, there's actually like a picture of him as a freshman and then when he was a, uh, a senior. It's like a, the before and after is remarkable. And then they showed his his uh, bench press numbers, squat, deadlift, all of that stuff. It, it's super impressive, his growth. He's only going to get stronger. Uh, he definitely has the framework. If they want to, they could add another 10, 15 pounds on this guy. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where they line him up at. You know, is he going to be a five technique? I think he probably needs to get a little stronger for that. Uh, so for right now, maybe you just line him up more on the edge. Um, either way, I, I think this is a very fascinating piece to, to add to a very, again, another, I wouldn't say as talented as the defensive backfield room, but the edge, you know, think about all the edges we now have in terms of we just drafted Aziz Ojolari, Lorenzo Carter, O'Shane Simenez, you have Carter Coughlin, Cam Brown. Um, it's just, it's a lot of, we added Ryan Anderson in the offseason. There's a lot of different names there. And, and so, Look, I, I think at minimum, the coaching staff and, and the front office wants to create um, competition, and they definitely are doing so uh, there. So no fifth-round pick because they traded up for Aaron Robinson, and we didn't have a seventh-round pick for, uh, I think that was from the Isaac Yadam trade from this past year. So we had two six-round picks. Our first pick was Gary Brightwell, running back from Arizona, 6'1", 218 pounds. Um Look, I like that we got a guy with a little bit of size, uh, you know, but frankly, and I'm not, I, I'm not speaking negatively necessary of Gary Braywell. Uh, look, you never know what some of these unheralded running backs are coming to do, but when he was picked, I believe Demetric Felton was available, who I thought would be a more dynamic running back who we could deploy in the passing game. Gary Braywell's not necessarily known for that. And so to me, I just think a different kind of running back would have been a better pick at that spot. Nevertheless, you know, physical, um, has good burst, even though he doesn't necessarily have good long speed, you know, good short area quickness. You know, we, we definitely needed another running back um, in that room. So, you know, the, the pick made sense. Uh, the, the position made sense. And value wise, but I, again, I just would have gone with someone who gave you more passing flexibility. And with our final pick in the sixth round, we drafted Radarius Williams, a cornerback from Oklahoma State, six feet, 193. He is actually the older brother of Greedy Williams, the second round cornerback pick for the Cleveland Browns last year. Um, 
you know, I thought he'd actually go a little bit earlier in the draft. Good length, um, good tackler, decent athlete. You know, I don't think he has any elite traits. Obviously, he was drafted in the sixth round, so if he had an elite trait, it wouldn't have been drafted in the sixth round. Uh, but nevertheless, is a guy who might be able to make the roster, uh, you know, might be able to bring you some special teams play. Uh, I do like the length. He, you know, has got long arms and, uh, you know, has, has demonstrated good instincts. So that is the draft class, um, you know, in general, because if you factor in how not only did they address a lot of issues for this year, but also protected and enhanced the team's profile or ability to acquire talent next year, I think you have to give this draft at minimum a B plus or an A minus. The only thing that concerns me is that they did not draft an offensive lineman. Now, when you when Dave Gettleman and Joe Judge were pressed on that, first thing they said is, look, we obviously have more confidence in our younger players than you do, meaning the media. That obviously is the case, and I guess to a certain extent, and this is what I was talking about earlier about, you know, withholding or removing the title of Putts of East Rutherford uh, with Dave Gettleman. Look, we didn't necessarily address the offensive line, really, this offseason, save for Zach Fulton, um, a guard from the Houston Texans. Let's see if these young guys develop. Let's see if Andrew Thomas can take a next step and if Matt Perk can take a next step, if Shane Lemieux takes a next step, and then if Will Hernandez can either return to form or sort of exhibit the form that we all hoped he would have when he was drafted. Uh, so I'm going to get, at least for right now, I'm giving Gettleman and the staff uh, the benefit of the doubt with respect to the offensive line. But in terms of every other area of this team, they have improved markedly and in doing so also have taken care of getting some flexibility next year because of the way that he was able to accumulate picks for next year. So next year we're going to have, again, two first-round picks, one of which being Chicago's, and Chicago is either going to have Andy Dalton or rookie Justin Fields with a not-so-talented roster. So I think that that's, at minimum, a top-15 pick. Uh, then you're going to have your second-round pick. You'll have two threes, our pick and Miami's pick. That'll probably be a lower pick because I think Miami is probably set for a very good year. And then you have a fourth round pick next year, which is Chicago's, which again might very well be a very high pick in that round. So I think that was a masterful job by Gettleman. Um, and, you know, so kudos to them. That's why I give it an A. It's a B plus or an A minus. I'm probably leaning towards an A minus. Uh, also real quick uh, in terms of the undrafted free agents, it was interesting this year, you know, typically, you you know, a team will bring on I don't, somewhere between 10 to 15 undrafted free agents. The Giants only brought on three because uh, they had most of their roster. They, they had signed a lot of those reserve future contracts right at the end of last season. So they brought on three free agents. Uh, the fir first is Brett Heggie, uh, the six foot three, 321 pound center from Florida. I'm going to root for him because he has my first name as well as my initials, BH. So. Uh, obviously, he's, you know, destined for greatness. <laughs> then uh, Jake Burton, a guard slash tackle from UCLA, 6'6", 312 pounds. Then Raymond Johnson the third, a defensive end from Georgia Southern, 6'3", 270 pounds. 
Uh, so at least look, at least they did pick up two undrafted free agents at a, at positions of need uh, in the interior offensive line. I mean, if you think about it. That's where our starting center, Nick Gates, is an undrafted free agent. Go back to um, you know the the giant offensive lines of the Super Bowl, the most recent Super Bowl era. Um, you had two undrafted free agents with Sean O'Hara and Rich Soybert. So, um, you know, obviously you can find players that have not been drafted. So maybe uh, BH, I'm going to refer to Brett Heggie that way, and Jake Burton are, are two of those guys. Um, so nevertheless, I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I'm now very excited for this season. And, um, you know, we will have the schedule release. It's on May 12th. And, Mike and I will talk about that, but prior to that, Mike and I will get together. So Mike's going to be releasing his own Eagles-centric draft review podcast episode. Then we're going to come back and do a more of a broader scale review of the draft. We'll talk about the other two teams in the NFC East, talk about some draft superlatives, you know, favor overall class, best picks, worst picks, worst classes, what we thought of the presentation, different things of that nature, as well as some of the news in the NFL, there's that guy, Aaron Rodgers. We'll talk about him uh, and his uh, current team, uh, maybe not his future team, uh, things of that nature. Also, please check out on Instagram and Facebook. I am going to be releasing a top five per position, um, not rankings per se, but just top five players to watch at each position for the 2022 draft. So, you know, like the top five uh, quarterbacks I have, not necessarily in any order. I don't have them ranked within the top five, but I have the top five ranked. So please be sure to check that out. I will start releasing those on um, either Friday, May 7th or Saturday, May 8th. Uh, But until then, it has been a pleasure. I hope everyone is staying safe. And um, yeah, thank you again. And I will see you guys soon. Take care.